0: This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. We use the support of our patrons to bring you the best show we can. We also reward our patrons with bonus audio each week. If you would like to contact us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share nerdy stuff and talk to our listeners. You'd also reach us at brian.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, mike.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, erica.nerdpodcastradio at, you guessed it, gmail.com. It's not at, you guessed it, it's radio at gmail.com and anthony it's a joke anthony doesn't have an email address you can also reach us on twitter at super vegan at nerdcaster mike at kersey erica and of course at nerdcast radio thanks for listening everyone enjoy the show Welcome to Nerd
1: Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Hey everybody, welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. I'm your host, Special Mikey He is Super Vegan Brian. Hello, Nurse. The Kirstie Smurf Erica. Hola. And one of our very special returning guests, one of the guys I really like, Mike, the Widget Master, Myler.
2: Hi everybody, how you doing?
1: Pretty sure they're all okay.
2: <laughs> I like that one better than Mile High Miler. Whoa, whoa. Pennsylvania's not that elevated. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, you'll make it, though. <laughs> oh,
0: so let's just start the legendary story about how Mike ran a and
1: d game on a plane and got the nickname. But I got to have we want, I want to ask Erica a question first. Oh, OK. Uh, OK, what? It's gonna be super personal. You're going to blush a lot. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God.
3: I it's doubt gonna be, that.
1: It's going to be really terrible. <laughs> so, Erica. What's up with this gas leak thing?
3: Oh, um well, my house uh had a bunch of gas leaks and uh Wait, almost blew one. up. More than one? Oh, eight. eight.
1: Oh my god, you That's I, quite I, a few. I, oh yeah. man.
0: Yeah.
3: That
1: makes yeah, my this one was next her, my dryer This was her like brand
0: new house that she just moved into. Yeah. She's feeling like lightheaded and stuff
2: or
3: Well, we we'd lived here about a month. And everybody was getting headaches on and off and stuff like that. And But that's not how we figured this shit out. What happened was um, my mother-in-law was watching my girls. And there's a door between my kitchen and my laundry room. And the laundry room, it's a very large room. It's like, I think it's like 10 feet by like 20 or something like that. It's a very long. A healthy healthy laundry
1: room. I got you. Yeah, yeah. That is a healthy laundry room. <laughs>
3: Well, in the laundry room, um, there is the boiler that does the heating for the house because I have a boiler system. So the floors are heated and the heat, you know, just rises from the floors basically. Oh, that Um, is so cool. It's super cool. Extremely efficient. Very warm. I love it actually. Um, like the air doesn't get dry because it's literally hot water being pumped through the foundation of the house. So, like there's no dry air or anything. It's really nice. Um, and next to the boiler is the hot water heater. Well, I had the entire time we've lived here, I've had a baby gate up between the kitchen and the laundry room because in the laundry room is the cat's litter box and their food and their water. And I don't want the baby getting to it.
1: yeah, I know that's understandable.
3: But I can't keep the door closed because then the cats can't get to it, right? So I've had this baby gate up. Well, my mother-in-law took the baby gate down and couldn't figure out how to get it back up. And she was watching the girls in the house. So she just shut the door between the laundry room and the kitchen. Well, I come in through the garage and the garage door connects to the laundry room. And then you walk through the laundry room to get to the kitchen and when i open the door from the garage to the laundry room i smell gas like it just hits me in the face
1: big old and, wall of hate
3: yeah and i'm like oh my god and i walk into the kitchen and i go carol why does my house smell like gas and she goes i thought something smelled funny so oh my god <laughs> so <laughs> essentially because she had blocked off the kitchen and the laundry room the gas had built up in the laundry room to where you could actually smell it because gas doesn't have like a natural smell like they input that icky smell in it so that you yeah. know and um anyways <laughs> so i'm like oh my god so we rush the girls out of the house i call vectorin our gas company they come out they inspect it they're like yeah you've got like two, three gas leaks on your hot water heater. Oh, shit. Okay, so he turns the gas off to the hot water heater. I have no hot water. So I have a home warranty. So I called my home warranty people, and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll have somebody out there. They come out the next day. They fix it and leave. Um, Well, my mom was hearing, like, this hissing noise still. And so she called Vectrin again. Vectrin came back out. And this time, instead of just walking through my house with, like, this, I guess, a sniffer machine thing yeah, on the gas. Yeah, like
1: it's magical wand.
3: Exactly. Um, they did a pressure test on my gas line. And when they did the pressure test on the gas lines, they found eight leaks.
1: <laughs> Holy shit!
3: Uh, one of which was from my boiler, one of which was from the hot water heater itself, and like then they found like a pipe that a conduit had uh been rubbing up against and apparently had like a hole in it Rubbed it had like it. corroded a, a corroded away. oh, oh my God, it's just like uh, so they they finally they fixed it. My house isn't gonna blow up, but it was a big fucking deal. <laughs>
1: Guy just walks out out and goes, Hey, thank God none of you smoke.
3: Right?
0: (laughs) Is your house haunted by the ghosts of the people who lived here there before who suffocated to death?
1: (laughs) No, no, they're not. (laughs) The lady that lived here
3: before me, both of her kids are off to college and she moved to New York. So
1: (laughs) it gave you a really good deal, right?
3: God, actually, she did. Now I'm wondering. <laughs>
1: but,
3: <laughs> no, they, 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 I had a house inspector come in and he found a bunch of stuff that we had fixed. He missed that. Like, that was the thing. I guess he just didn't check super well because he definitely missed the gas leaks. So
1: wow, he missed the one thing that can totally kill you right away.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But, you know,
1: oh, man, her shit might blow up. Nah, She'll be cool. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, well,
3: That's why I've been gone.
1: <laughs> well, we're glad you're alive and that got fixed. And we're glad the kids are good, too. It wouldn't be just it wouldn't be the same without a cursy smurf here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, really glad. And you know what? Today we're going to be talking about we're going to go back into that wonderful topic of RPG role playing games. And we're really glad Mike Myler. We're really Myler, I don't know why I just said your last name. <laughs> I dropped something. I'm really glad we're here with you. You're here with us today to talk about this because, honestly, this is going to be a good one. And But first, what do we got to do, Brian? But first,
0: we got to play everyone's favorite game. What's nerdy with you? What's nerdy with you? The four, four of us? Four of us will be sharing the nerdiest thing we did this week. And then at the end, we will use the patented, yes, I said patented, Mike Myler widget system <laughs> to <laughs> choose who won. Since you are our guest, Mike, you get to go first. What was nerdy with you this week?
2: All right. Um, I actually had to think about this because I, I had been in a work hole. The other day, I was actually – I started at midnight, and I passed out at like 4, and then I woke up at 6.30, and I worked until 10. So that was like the whole week, and I didn't get to do a lot of other things. But I did figure out what was the nerdiest. Um, in the email, did you see the the cover, the big – said spine at the top? Yes, that took me forever to get right because uh, like the way that the table. So it's like a because people are listening to this is like a book laying on a table and then there are some like newspaper clippings on the other side of it. So that when you get the actual book on the cover, it'll show this book on the table and then on the spine, it's got the name of the book and then on the back. It's got the newspaper clip. But to get all that to work together and like not look messed up required uh, not counting the newspaper clippings, just counting like the, the table and book images. I want to say there are 18 of them. So it all looks like it's one seamless image. But it's basically just two images that have been laid over each other another 16 times. Yeah. So it took me a while. And then actually exporting it, the book that it's for is huge. It's like 400 pages. But the cover took longer to export than the interior file for the book.
0: Now, what was that thing you sent that had to do with cannibalism? Oh, the meat. Feed the meat. That didn't take that long. I like to feed the meat. explain feed the meat please
2: oh sure 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 so it's a it's a evil book and at some point when i was writing stuff it occurred to me that i didn't have anything for cannibals so i thought like well, what's the cool thing to do for cannibals and it's 5e and uh that immediately went to warlock so you you worship this like cosmic blob entity that is obsessed with eating things and every day you have to commit some cannibalism or you lose your powers and you get a bunch of uh blood stuff and uh yeah you feed the meat that's your whole your whole life once you accept that patron into your life. If you don't have an opportunity for cannibalism, can you eat yourself? Ooh, I would allow it. I didn't write that into the book, but I would allow that for sure. Yeah. You get the oh, ability wow. at one point nice. called uh. It's not in that screenshot, but like their fourteenth level ability is called "Rip Out the Broth," where you just grab somebody and just tear all the blood out of them. Oh. Yeah, and this oh. he's in the uh fiction. In one of the pieces of fiction in the screenshots is about. Uh, them like raiding a ship, and it's like a little war, it's a little gnome warlock that like rolls around with a salt shaker. So, like, he kills a guy, and then like he just can't help it. And he pours some salt over him and like just bites into the flesh. Like, yeah.
0: Oh, leaving it on that beautiful note. Erica, what was nerdy with you this week?
3: Well, nothing quite that intensive. Uh, <laughs> uh I, gosh, I think the nerdiest thing I did this week was, um, I put my kids to bed and start playing Horizon Zero Dawn. And I, like, just destroyed this cauldron. Is It's one of the machine cave things, they call it. And, like, next thing I know, it's, like, midnight. And I'm like, oh, shit. I was, like, super impressive. It didn't take me, like, very... <laughs> long to do this i was like hell yeah felt like super good about myself and then uh realized it was super late and went to bed and woke up at like six o'clock to start my day with my kids and i was like exhausted all day so it's really not that impressive i just i have to make time to be able to do the things i want to do i guess so
2: it looks gorgeous i don't have a ps4 i need to get a ps4 so do i <laughs>
3: It's amazing, I really, really love it it's It's probably my favorite game that's come out this year, and um, well, I guess it came out last year, but it's definitely my favorite game right now.
2: This, so looking at it, it reminds me of um fable, but it's less cartoony. Is that generally the feel?
3: Uh, no, no, not really. It's very. God, it's Skyrim's probably the closest I'm gonna be able to to compare it to, but it's a lot more structured, as in storylines. and the mechanics, are the the fighting mechanics are just absolutely beautiful. Um, all the, you know, when you fire an arrow, it's got an arc to it, and you've got to compensate for wind and rain and all sorts of stuff. It's 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 really really nice. I I enjoy it a lot. So I I would highly suggest anybody that has a PlayStation to get it. <laughs> so, but what about uh, you, Bry?
0: Um, I changed the order so I would be last. So, what about you, Michael? What was nerdy with you this week?
1: Uh, this week I. I've been really feeling my tabletop roots. Uh, Me and a a group of friends have been doing a lot of stuff for tabletop. But the big one for me is me and my best friend, Dwayne, have actually been working on blueprints to build a uh, gaming table that has at least a 55-inch TV embedded in it. Nice. Yeah, we're we're working on the blueprints for it right now. And uh, we actually have shop space at his family's property to try and start building it once we have it finalized. Uh, we have it where the players are basically huddled around the TV with the edgings for their books, drinks, p- papers, and everything, or any kind of like tablet they want to use to for like the new D and D Beyond app. And then the other so half of the table is basically a built-in D- DM screen with uh, tons of space for books, extra figures, any any kind of like outer maps we want to use. All right, I am adding a section to the timeline called.
0: How is Michael doing with his gaming table? Nice. <laughs>
1: yeah, we you just are now started held the, accountable. Nice. Yeah, cuz we just started the blueprints. Uh, we we threw around a couple ones and then he he went off on a tangent on making a uh, a transportable one where it's uh, basically a, the TV's the main frame and then the players areas are wings that fold out. So, we're working on that. Check back in the future. We we're, we're going to try and get this built because we do know a carpenter that will help us build it
2: how much are you looking are you throwing down on this thing is there going to be like vinyl involved for dice rolling and like so far it for
1: standard cost of the wood and the tv we're probably going to look we're probably seeing uh, an, uh collective maybe uh, you got thousand to twelve hundred dollars because just mainly because of the tv we want to use you got to have dice towers in the corner of the table with drawers
0: that the dice roll through things into
1: Oh um, my oh, god.
2: That
1: cool. Holy
0: hell. No, You're what you should about, what
2: you should do is you should get like um find like some affordable like miniature castle that you can pick up from maybe a board game or or something. And then yeah. work those as the dice towers. So you drop your dice into these castles and then they He's come up to the bottom. Yeah, 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 oh yeah, yeah.
1: God. I'm seeing him tonight, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to him about that. Oh, that'd be great. Sounds fantastic. Yeah, so just because of the TV, we're looking at maybe twelve hundred dollars. But the wood, but the standard wood cost isn't going to be that bad. Yeah, I was figuring you're looking at, what maybe tops three hundred. Well, it, if we just go and get use like one of his, because I think he has an extra TV. If we just do his TV, we'll probably be around there. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because yeah, the hard, the rest of the hardware is going to be really cheap. It just depends on like the TV we want. Because what mm-hmm. we're going to do is we're actually going to sink the TV into the table and then do thick plexiglass over it. And that way, if we find prints and stuff of map that we want to use that doesn't have gridding already on it, then we're going to take plexiglass and we'll etch the gridding into the plexiglass.
2: Uh, I wa- I wanted to move on, but like that's you should just make a grid overlay to use with the TV image, man. It's, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I
1: know. Well, well, yeah. So we're working on that detail. That'd be great. So that, that that's me. But uh, Brian, what's nerdy with you? Going along with the theme in RPG-related
0: What's nerdy with you, you know, other than Erica?
1: Um, well, odd man out. Odd woman out. So,
3: so sorry that I <laughs> haven't gotten to play recently. I just, you know, have a life and I, kids.
1: She's like, sorry I haven't gotten to play recently. I've just been working really hard at not blowing up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I went to Strategic
0: Con Conventions Orcon last weekend. Super jealous. And I played 50 hours of tabletop RPGs. Jesus what? Christ. What? I Dude, played in is- every single slot, including Monday, and oh. there was a raffle to play at John Compton's table, and I was in the panel, oh, so if, for context, if you don't know who John Compton is, he is a developer at Paizo, the company that makes Pathfinder and Starfinder. Oh, yeah. And, and he is the developer for Starfinder Society, uh, uh Pathfinder Society, um, um, I'm sorry, Thirsty is a developer for Starfinder. Um, he is a developer for Pathfinder Society. Well, the reason why I'm getting confused is they um, the raffle was for John to play at John's table where he um, ran the Starfinder Society episode nine of season one that he wrote um, live adventure extreme and. Uh oh. On the very last name they called out, they called out my badge number for my for my con badge, and I screamed in the room. I was like, <laughs> "Yes, <laughs> of course, dude, it's awesome, um, dude!
2: It sounds so wicked cool.
0: It was amazing." Um, so light spoilers. So um, skip ahead like a minute or two if you don't want to be spoiled for this adventure. I'm not gonna cover too much. I just want to give a light spoiler. Um the adventure was a very standard adventure where you're going to explore a moon. The the Starfinder Society sends you out to explore this moon because they think it might be artificial. But it's no moon. Well, I'm not going to reveal that. No, please don't. <laughs> um, but the twist is, is that your adventuring party is being filmed by a reality show. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I love it. They wheel out this. They they bring out this, like, four-legged robot that looks like a table with legs. And this dome comes out. And it's a confession booth.
1: Oh, nice. Sweet. Oh, it
0: was so much fun. I got accused of being a racist. I was playing this. In-game or my, for real? In-game. Okay. Um, <laughs> I I was playing this with my... um. My second level envoy, um, who is a video streamer, um, per- profession video personality, and I base the character on Logan Paul.
2: Oh shit!
0: Oh, <laughs> and oh god! I um, it, when I when I the first time I played him, I streamed from inside a morgue and oh. wasn't even planning on the parallel. I, we were just in the morgue, and I streamed. I did a selfie with a corpse. <laughs>
2: oh, my God. Nice.
0: And this was right, you know, like the weekend after that happened in the suicide forest with Logan Paul. Oh, shit. Um, so we're playing, and we're fighting space goblins. And um, after the we, – we got one of them to surrender, and we're trying to communicate with it. And it's like only speaking goblin. And I yell at it, um, I yell at it in its language, trying to get it to, trying to get it to, um, to stop this space monster from attacking us that they were controlling. And it goes, it, I yelled at it, ak, 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 ak. and it looks at me in common and goes, excuse me, sir, that's our word. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Excuse me, sir, yeah. that's
0: our word. <laughs> yeah um so when i was in the confession booth i did this big emotional crying thing where i was like i'm just you know it was really intense after the battle and i i couldn't i couldn't um i couldn't keep what was straight and i just acted in the moment and i'm so sorry you know (laughs) it it has a life too and i apologize we ended up taking the goblin with us for the rest of the adventure uh, that's <laughs> nice um, uh, one of the guys got in the confession booth and the first thing he said was he, so through the whole adventure he'd been like the voice of reason and kind of like the, the macho type in the group and he gets in the confession booth and he goes I just want to get this straight I'm not here to make friends <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun and um, John Compton has got to be the best GM I've ever had he's, he's freaking amazing
2: Oh yeah, I bet that was a good game, yeah.
0: Yeah. The way he switches between characters is just it's it's
1: it's awe inspiring. Yeah, no.
0: Did they like,
2: record it or anything it. like that? Can people watch that? No. Aww, no. <laughs> I like the way you said
1: that, Brian. No.
2: Well, I was so
0: caught up in gameplay, I probably should have done something but no you know and there were there were players there that were like we wanted to take a group picture with the group and there were players there that really didn't want to so we weren't going to do it without Uh, okay
2: yeah yeah sure 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 why wouldn't you want your picture taken?
0: because people are people they got the
3: reason some people are private people
0: yeah some people have their own lives and you know like going to a convention is like a secret thing that they do that's and true. That, you, you know that. there's people in all like careers but then there's other people who are just at the con and they're fucking exhausted because cons are marathons yeah i can understand that
1: yeah i can understand
0: that i think that was the main reason people were like can we not take a picture because i'm tired
1: <laughs> that's true i can understand that
0: so that was my nerdy thing this week let's move on to voting we each have five widgets um mike wh- who do you give your widgets to
2: uh I'm going to have to give you 3 of the widgets because that that's you know that sounds amazing so and then I'll give one for uh everybody else Erica
3: Um well I'm super torn because like that's a very cool you know game story Mike's coming up with a super cool table it sounds like and I just looked at all of well I guess, other mics <laughs> stuff that you sent yeah. me.
2: We call it, me Mike Prime in my groups. It comes Mike, up a lot. There's a Canadian Mike, Prime. Mike. We used to call him Canadian Mike. Now we just call Canadian Mike Mike, and I'm a Mike Prime.
3: Mike Prime. Okay. So, and I just looked at all his work. Well, I'm that, Mike
2: one. Whatever, dude. I'm Mike Prime.
0: We have five mics on this podcast. Prime is so freaking cooler.
2: Uh, I know. I know. Somebody called me, well, why don't you call yourself Mike Prime? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Erica got my
0: joke. Erica got my joke mm-hmm. and and did this like. Ugh. <laughs> Wait, <what did laughs> you said, say? we have we have 5 mics on this podcast. Oh, shut up.
3: 5 is all So, anyways, uh that is some super sick shit, dude. Like if <laughs> like if somebody just like saw this shit written down like Oh, my God. And the artwork and everything. Did you do, like, the whole thing? Like, that's all I you? Can't,
2: uh, I can't illustrate, but I do everything other than the illustrations.
3: Yeah. Wow. Wow. Like, somebody might think you were, like, a serial killer. Like, that's, that's pretty crazy shit right there. But I love it. So, just, uh, I'm
0: just to um, push a little promo on Book of Exalted do- Darkness. He's actually using artwork. That's public domain artwork that came
2: from an insane asylum. No, 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 we'll talk about it later we'll talk about it later but what? yeah that's one of the pictures What pin mm-hmm. in that conversation yeah pin in that conversation wow yeah. and the whole book is so lush like I felt like I was going to be diabetic by the time I was done working on it because like it's just <laughs> it's so decadent and it switches it is. high contrast like dark shit to like fucking gold and ah oh, oh, but that's not for now now we're voting
3: <laughs> so with oh. all of that being said I'm going to have to give Jesus so hard. I'm going to have to give two to Mike Prime. I'm going to have to give uh two to Brian and one to Special Mikey.
1: That's fair. Special Mikey? That's fair. <laughs> Special Mikey. I don't want to vote yet. Oh fucking balls. Give me I'm the- go, I'll the- go, I'll go. go, go, go. <laughs> so, Brian, you you get uh, we're just gonna do this. With Brian, you get three because that was amazing. And then you, and then Erica and Mike, you both get one each. But that in no way makes your guys' things less cool, especially Mike's, because that imagery is gonna give me nightmares for a while.
2: It's hard to be John Compton running a game for you. For like I had an event and everything, like that's and it's that's a pre-release.
1: Bar. It was a pre-release set uh, uh scenario. So holy crap! I
0: didn't even include the part that at two o'clock on Monday I was leaving the con and um I walked by my uh, Mike Compton was running an added table and they were like, "We have a chair that you can play with us if you want." And I went, "Okay, <laughs> nice." <laughs> so I ended oh, up but I already gave at my last
1: two. <laughs> so yeah. Three to Brian, one to Mike Prime and Erica.
0: Alright. I am going to give all five of my widgets. No. I'm going to give um two of my widgets to Myler. I'm going to give one to Erica because I know it's really hard for her to fill in her nerdy stuff when she's when she's Supermom. Thanks. And in escaping one to, death traps. And uh, one yeah. to Michael. And I'm going to give one to Michael. I, I want to give more to Michael, but I I looked at all that artwork Mike made, and he and he deserves some widgets.
2: Oh my God! Of course, He'd have he more does. widgets when he's done with the table. Now he's just talking about a table. Give him widgets when the table is there. And give me give me the widgets when we actually get the table
0: finished. Yes. And You can use the widgets with the table. You need to build something <laughs> representing the widgets into the table now. Uh, <laughs> um, it could
2: be just like a pointless thing, and they're like, "What's that?" You'd be like, "It's a widget." They'll be like, "What's it for?" You'd be like, "Just give him don't a look." Worry about it. You know, don't even just don't even really acknowledge no, them no you're, you're they're there michael and erica are
0: tied with three um mike with his artwork has six and because of my phenomenal luck of getting to play that amazing game at the con i got eight and won this week
2: oh, i would have abdicated to you anyway it's well deserved yeah yeah it
0: was it was a oh my gosh it was such a lucky con i won 40 dollars in paizo gift certificates
1: Oh my gosh,
0: really?
3: Your fucking awesome. luck just is insane. Absolutely fucking Hot. insane, Brian. <laughs> Brian I was luck.
1: being
0: such a cocky asshole. Every time I won another gift certificate, I would fan myself with him at the table.
1: <laughs> 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 Everybody at the table was like, fuck this guy. <laughs> no, nah, they loved you, I guarantee. You.
0: Yeah, we had to roll a D twenty and the the highest roll got the gift certificate. I won with an eight at one table. Oh you won with an eight? <laughs> yeah. Who rolled ones. The people were rolling one. There was like five, three, and two, and one all around the table. And I, I, I after I rolled the eight, I was like, oh, okay. And then I heard that I won, and I was like, what?
2: <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. <laughs> so, Michael, what are we talking about this morning?
1: Today, we are talking about role playing games (RPGs), <sighs> and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Now, today we're we're going to talk about role playing games and just a little bit of. Why we like them, why we love them. Things that we can like and hate about them, maybe. The anonymous
0: capybara just um, changed my spelling of the word immersion on the outline. Sorry. To make um, it correct.
2: I do a lot of editing. But. <laughs> and the,
0: the anonymous capybara is revealed What as uh,
2: veteran game designer Mike Myler. I am a capybara. He's now the prime capybara. But um, what drew me to role-playing games is that I... Th- so I went to school for film studies and stuff, and ultimately, what I ended up getting drawn back to is role-playing games because I think they're the the most comprehensive form of storytelling. Because, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what do you guys think about that? Before I expand upon thought, when you okay, most
0: comprehensive form of storytelling when you have multiple people involved, how does immersion fit into the the whole the whole um, equation of role-playing?
2: Oh, that's, that's what I would say makes it the most comprehensive form of storytelling because you're at no, no other form of media or storytelling that I've encountered has been so engrossing and encapsulating. Like I've, I played a D and D game once that went for 36 fucking hours. What, what, tell me what you're going to do for 36. I play video games a lot. I haven't even played a video game for 36 hours straight. Yeah, me neither. As a shared activity with other people too. As a shared activity with other people or by yourself?
3: Um, by myself
2: there you go that's what i'm saying like I, cause, I mean kotor had me for a while i was sucked into kotor pretty bad but yeah and i did Adventure it with
3: too. with neverwinter
2: oh, oh neverwinter's so good
3: yeah i'm but i'm i get sucked into games like that because i'm a completionist when i play a game so like i'm still playing final fantasy 15 i think i'm like level 47 or something like that and i'm only like 20% through the storyline cuz I do like every single side quest and collect all the things and so that's just you know that's just me
0: how deeply immersed em- immersed you get when you play role playing games erica um
3: it just depends on who i'm playing with like i played a game at a con once and it's actually uh how i ended up with my husband funny enough is we had a con um here in ohio um where we were playing a game that lasted like 11 hours um but we had to leave the con because our (laughs) our time at the the um venue was over and they're like get out and we're like okay and i was like well we're not done playing everybody want to go back to my house So the next thing I know, I have like 24 people in my tiny little condo and like half of the room is finishing. Well, not half the room. So like eight people are finishing um, the Pathfinder thing and the other people are playing Cards Against Humanity on the other side of the room. And it was super crazy. But um, I mean, so it depends on the group. I get really immersed in it if it's a fun group and everybody's having fun. But if people are just like... You know, being stupid or, you know, and and I don't mean like stupid as in like playing their character. Just like, you know, being very dry and, well, I'm a barbarian, so I can do this and this and this or min-maxing. I hate min-maxing. It's just then I'm like, oh, fuck it. This is boring. So I think it depends on your
2: group. I think it's inversely related to investment. If everybody in the group is invested in the experience, then it's much richer and the immersion is much deeper.
0: Yeah, you have um, if if the rest of your players are immersed, you're going to get immersed. And if your GM is immersed, you're everyone's going to it's going to put everybody in the right place.
2: And then it's five in the morning and you're like, what the fuck happened?
0: I'd never acquainted immersion to time to loss of time before. But that's actually a good point.
2: Oh, for sure. For sure. Because you get because the game's in your mind's eye and you're not there. You're in Faerun or Silberin or or Ascus. Or, or
3: Ravenloft.
2: Or Ravenloft, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does the setting come into play and how well-immersed you are? Well, that's an interesting, interesting question. It depends on the atmosphere. So, like, if you're in Ravenloft, it helps if the room is a little bit dark. Maybe somebody has some candles going and some, like, spooky music in the background, you know? And when I do uh, cyberpunk stuff, I always play... Uh, Cyberpunkers, actually, is the name of the band that I play. Like on a loop the whole time. Are they like like
0: synths and stuff?
2: Yeah, yeah, they're exactly what the name cyberpunkers would lead you to believe they are, yeah. And uh, it's good, it's just good atmosphere music. You you use Sirenscape too, right? I do. Yeah, that's, uh, Sirenscape's perfect for immersion.
0: Um, If you're not familiar with what Sirenscape is, um, Ben Looms from Australia created this amazing company that makes... um, tablet or computer-based soundtracks for games that you can't the gm has dial and button control to control the volume and um the volume and intensity of music and sound effects throughout a game so someone throws a fireball you hear a fireball
2: and ben used to work for the um sydney orchestra just like to give you an idea i didn't know that that's cool yeah i found that out when i i worked their booth at um uh the penny arcade pax unplugged in philly last year they're a great well, booth to work for, by the way, if you ever get the chance.
0: Do it. I know Ben. I'm going to have to see if we can get him on. The time difference makes it hard. Yeah, we never have any British guests on my show because it's like they're asleep. Um, Michael. Yeah. Um, Immersion. Do you ever find yourself forgetting
1: that you are you and that you are your character? I wouldn't necessarily say I, have a, I forget I am me and I'm not my character, but I really... I try and throw myself into there much because I, I do I love the I love immersion being and playing my characters and being my characters. I mean, I even try and do voices for my characters to help with that. But I agree with what you guys are saying. You know, if, if it's being ran really dry, like if you have somebody who's just not into it, or if your GM's just one of those like, well you go here, here and here and it, it looks simply like this and it's not some and they're not really giving you the the, the you know a real pull into it it makes it very hard for me i i i kind of since i started playing tabletop games i've always wanted to be able to just like uh, do rp aspects into it and really lose myself into it and it's just part of how of how i am and so and is but uh mike is right honestly there's there have been times where i've played and i'm just like it's 11 o'clock right now i we started at two michael
0: is being humble because I've played with, I've run for him before when he was playing a samurai, a female samurai who was <laughs> arguing with the rest of the table when they were trying to high five it, to high five her, and she was telling them that high, um,
1: I, I will not go, I will not fall into your Western dominance displays. <laughs> oh yeah, because she got she got confused and thought if so, if so many high five you, they were asserting dominance over you and and saying you were beneath them. So everybody was like, hi vibe, And she, was, she would sit there and go, no, I am not beneath you. Uh-uh. Yeah, you developed an <laughs> entire area's culture based on just a role-playing choice. I think that's <laughs> immersion. Well, don't forget about that intimidate role that I did with the, against the town. I will, I will drop the humbality for... Humbality, that's not even a word. I will drop my humble act for a second. That, the, the freaking role against the town to intimidate them, I, I am proud of that. Um, for me...
0: We are talking about dry DMs that actually have an experience that happened to me at the con that totally broke immersion for me. And the GM just wasn't getting it. Um, We were playing at the Pathfinder Society special and our GM, um, the way he ran a combat was he would just put the map down and put the minis down and then just say roll initiative and not explain anything. Oh, that's really. And if you ask questions, would go make a knowledge check. So I'd be like, what are they? What do they look like? Make a knowledge check for what what they look like. Yeah, because he was so worried about meta that he didn't even want us to know what the creatures looked like because he didn't want us to use the rules to get an advantage. So, I mean, he didn't want to describe a skeleton as a skeleton because, because he didn't want us to be flesh, able to pick like, the right. Creatures. Yeah, he probably had just, some bad tables then cuz like yeah, yeah. he probably yeah.
1: had some savage tables on him.
0: But it it ruined it for me because there were there was one area where he put things on the map and just looking at the map I thought we were underground. I I totally did. And it turned out that we were on the walls of a keep. Oh jeez. Yeah, it oh, was man. like yeah, it was it, it and you know just the refusal to answer questions and just running it like a like a tactics game like a minis game and it was it it I was miserable and I even said so I was like excuse me I'm really having a, a hard time here and it's like this is a high level table you have to follow tactics I I can't give you an advantage and it was like we're not trying to win <laughs> I mean we're we're I mean there is that element but it's not fun to just play tactics we're playing a role playing game <laughs>
1: Oh, he was being way legalistic about it. Oh, he was being super legalistic. Oh, that see, that right there, that would pull me right out right away. I don't even know if I would want to finish that table. And you know what?
0: 80% of the specials I've played, I haven't had fun. Because specials are time-sensitive, and there's a lot more rules involved than a regular organized play game. So, and... Yet, every time there's a special at a con, I go do it because there isn't anything else running in that slot. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I have had fun at specials, but they're few and far between. I usually have an experience like that. I have problems with time or immersion or just, um, you know, playing with people that you playing with people that are thrown together that it's, you know, specials are at the end of the day. So everyone's exhausted and expecting to, expected to play or run a a multi-table chaotic event pulls me right out of immersion.
2: And that's for uh, like 12th level plus characters, right? I was playing um I was playing
0: a 9th level character in a in a 7 to 8 table.
2: Okay. Yeah, that's so that's part of the the thing with the investment too, right? So longer you play a character, the more you care about that character and, and thus, the more you care about the game and the story and uh, like the influence that character has had on the story. I had That's,
0: to apologize to the GM next day because after the end of the game, I was in a foul mood and was not a nice person to him. And I, I went to him the next day and I was like, I'm sorry, man. I, and he was like, it's cool. But it was like and then I played a game with him that morning and it wasn't that bad. It was fun. I mean, it, it really probably just had to do with the pressure of running a special. And, you know, they hand these GMs these giant specials because they're huge. They're, they're longer than the normal scenarios. And G- prep is not easy to do. So probably wasn't his fault entirely. But it did pull me out of immersion, and it did. I did not have fun. That's too that's, that's so, bad. That's, that's a shame. So Hindu Anthony, who couldn't be here this morning... Um, did help out with this outline and gave some gave some suggestions and one of these is difficulty in separating player from character so let's discuss that um mike does that ever come up for you in your is there from player knowledge and character knowledge separating those two things
2: oh no that's never a problem uh it's more of a problem that i'm i'm like i the character's going to do what the character's going to do which uh, is a phrase that a lot of the people who play with me are very upset when they hear, cause it means I'm about to do something that is not good for the party, but it's what the (laughs) character would do. And it's like, I don't want to do it guys. It's not up to me. It's up to Bilbo here who unfortunately is going to do this thing. And now we're fucked. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, Bilbo wants
0: to make a windmill out of undead bodies (laughs) and everyone's just going to have to deal with this.
2: The best example was, uh, I was playing (laughs) a really dumb barbarian. And it was in a, it was a Pathfinder game, and this guy keep this dwarf kept being fucking a dick to him. And the barbarian was like, "The next time you belittle me, I am gonna make you two inches shorter with my hammer." And so we're like in the middle of this cave, standing what is obviously a dragon seal. And as a player, I'm well aware of what the dragon seal is for and what it does. It's you know keeping a dragon at bay. And he says something that belittles him. So, of course, the barbarian just, like, hits the seal as hard as he can, and he breaks it and makes the dude two inches shorter and unleashes the dragon, which killed my barbarian. But I was totally satisfied because it's what he would have got. So, like, he died a justified death in the, the iconic halls of Mike's storytelling, uh, even though it screwed the party and upset the table and all that.
3: See, stuff like that is enjoyable for for me, even, like... I, I know I complain about people doing stupid things. There's a reason that your character did that. And you have to appreciate flushing out that character to the point where you can step outside of, of the character. You know what I mean? And know that that's something that they would do. And I don't think a lot of players appreciate that. Like right now I'm playing a game with um, a, a bunch of friends of mine. And one of them, uh, he's he's essentially a klepto, <laughs> and I love it when he steals things and does weird things because his character is like that. Uh, some of the other characters aren't as fleshed out as that character is. Um, another character that we're playing, that I'm playing with, uh, his character's a barbarian, and he's not very smart, but he loves to smash stuff and he's like, we we've created these roles and and everybody kind of follows their role within it. But the characters that aren't as fleshed out, aren't as much fun to play with. So when somebody does something and it's totally going to fuck everybody, unless you have like another character has the ability to talk them out of it. I feel like they should absolutely do it. And that's part of the fun of playing. So
0: I can't um, <laughs> Michael, um, when you have uh, when you when you know something like it's something that's obviously meta, like you're fighting a troll and nobody in the p- party, their characters know how to deal with troll regeneration. Is it difficult to play and play you know play it straight as a player who knows that if the characters don't know that when you're fighting something that has an obvious weakness, Michael's not here. <laughs> well, I,
2: I, I was gonna say so right, like say
1: that again i'm sorry there uh, no I'm sorry
2: oh, in it, i was in a game once where this guy sat down he joined our table he was it was like a home game and this is his first time with us we're fighting a green dragon and like three rounds in he's like okay i hit him <laughs> and he does this much damage and then he's like oh sweet it only has 176 hit points left and like everybody stopped and looked at him with this like shock And horror on our faces, and the DM just, like, reaches towards the sheet and erases some things and writes down some stuff and looks at us. It's just, like, cold silence. And he's like, your turn next. And, like, you know, double the things, hit points and stuff. We almost killed that guy. Holy shit. Yeah. And if you're the GM and somebody does that shit, totally. Just double the things, hit points. Oh, yeah, I agree.
0: completely. Now, I was just asking you, Michael, um, what um if you're fighting a monster that has an obvious weakness that all the players know about but the characters don't how does that affect gameplay for you is it positive or negative
1: see i've if you can't find a way to to role play like accidentally finding the weakness uh and you just start using it i see it as negative because it, it, it does like it's like oh well it this makes it this is what hurts it and it's like how do you know that
0: yeah, it I, I find it comes up a lot with like trolls because trolls are, you know, they stop regenerating with you, you the with fire and acid. But if you're playing with a party who doesn't know, yeah, you know, characters who don't know it, it kind of hurts. It kind of hurts the fun element because it's like we all know that. And now we're pretending to not know.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I always try and figure out a thing like if you know it's weakness, try and role play like your character discovering it during the combat. Or you know, try and like just you have to figure out a way to where your character would discover it. But if it's just something where it's like, well, this guy's allergic to this, is weak against this, so you're and your character just like, well, I'm just going to throw acid at it, and for no reason. Then it, it, it makes, ta- for me. It takes away from immersion, and it also it, it feels like uh, you're trying to che- you're kind of cheating the system a little bit. It makes me intensely
0: jealous of the people who got to experience a troll for the first time.
2: Uh. Well, I mean, even then, trolls are uh, things of myth, right? Like, it. I don't think Gary Gygax decided that trolls were weak to fire. I think Tolkien did that. No, Tolkien didn't do that. Oh no, no they, they Now They the know. stone in the sun. I think it yeah, was a D&D, D&D Tolkien. creation. Tolkien
1: did. Uh, trolls were uh, basically allergic to the sun.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, no. I don't know where the whole there, regenerating there are troll came from. Before Tolkien. Trolls are before Tolkien. I've used troll oh, okay. art that was from before Tolkien. So yeah, now, there's other
1: stories have used them.
0: Yeah, there's uh, Scandinavian lore, but I don't... I, I think the whole sun thing actually came from Scandinavian lore, too. But the whole regeneration and stopping it with fire or acid, I think that's pure D&D. Yeah, I, I think so.
2: And there's some novel called Three Hearts and Three Lions from 1961, where that's... So that might have been where he got it, actually. We should try to look up the... Uh,
0: thing so here's another one that um anthony suggested we talk about and this is a good one.
2: Oh, i want to mention really quick the thing i put in the chat um oh sure relevant to this if you're coming up to this specifically in pathfinder uh sean k reynolds who used to work at paizo and worked at what's the long years all this stuff he's great he wrote a product called file off the serial numbers and it's basically a guide for like taking a monster and then reskinning it so it is an npc because of reasons like that everyone knows what a troll is so you take the troll and you reskin it as some guy, and he has like quick rules for doing that. It's good for if you're doing any. Yeah, RPG you
0: system. call it. You you call it. You you can take any monster and just change the name
2: and the description a little bit. Uh, he has some other advice for like abilities and like how to scale things differently a little bit to to keep them guessing. But yeah, yeah.
0: My um my favorite my favorite example of that is just use the stats for a dog and call them call them um um plane banes and then just say that they're quadruped creatures with scales Ooh. and yeah and then you have a monster it doesn't have any special bodies it's just a dog in stats but um the players don't know that and they'll they'll try all sorts of stuff thinking not realizing that it's just a plain old ordinary animal yeah nice. I, I love to file off the so- serial numbers it gets talked a lot about in the forums um it's a good book Um, Just a quick shout out to Sean K. Reynolds. He's doing awesome stuff. He's doing Monty Cook right now, right? He's like their head of media. Invisible.
2: uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. I think he's been way in the Invisible Sun. They started an actual play on Twitch. So um,
0: moving on, um, Anthony suggested we talk about pre-written story versus homebrew. And this is always a great topic for RPG discussions. Um, What do you prefer, Mike?
2: So uh, I do a lot of adventures that I write. But those are just ones that I write. Normally, when I run, uh, I prefer to just sandbox it. That's kind of why I make these giant campaign-setting books. It's so that when I run a game in the world, I can be like, and you are in... Well, you're going to start in Detagi in Fusan Prefecture. And uh, this is what the city's like, because I have the information. And here's what the NPCs are, because I have that information. And uh, what do you do? And then I just kind of craft the story around whatever... Dumb things people start to pursue. Uh, my favorite right now is on Turbine Wings, because it's a party that's decided they're going to escape the continent of Soberin. Uh which yeah, it's been it's been interesting. Erica, so I'd say,
0: what are you like that? Erica, what do you prefer? Um, pre-written or homebrew?
3: Um most of the games that I've played, except I think for the one you ran for us for years, uh, has been pre written where I was the player. Um And that's fun if you have a DM that can think outside the box. So right now, uh, Brent Bowser is our uh, DM. And he is amazing because he can just, you know, off the fly, you know, mold the story to what you know the the group is doing and how to make it more interesting because like right now we're playing in ravenloft but we are not the good guys (laughs) so uh (laughs) he, he took he took the story and you know you're supposed to be the good guys fighting the big bad strahd and we're like um seems like it's a smarter idea to work for strahd and kill all the Good guys that are in the region because that's going to get us where we want to go faster. So we're like, we're like, he, he played the same campaign with three different groups. We're the only group that chose to be evil, and <laughs> and he he's had to adapt the story for us, which not all GMs are very capable of. Now that's as a player, as a uh, GM. I love creating my own stories. I love going through uh, different monster manuals and finding the creatures that you don't come across very often. Like I ran a campaign on the sea where they were fighting mermaids and all sorts of stuff. And, And I got really good feedback from my group because it was something different. It was something that they hadn't done before. Um, I also ran an Underdark campaign and uh, fr- a- as, um, as Drow, not as people going into the Underdark, as the Drow themselves, and I got good feedback on that as well. So I like creating my own games, um, so it can go either way.
2: Can I take one second to complain about Drow? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I just finished this huge evil book. It's like 400 pages, and... The word drow appears in it one time because I have a huge poison table and there's drow poison. But like, I really think we need to get rid of drow, everybody. Like, we need to collectively agree that having the predominant representation for for magical black people being evil and worshiping spiders is not cool, and they just need to go. <laughs> like, that's just it, man. Like, I, 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 I just can't. What about Driss? He's not evil. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> you know, let's
0: not talk about the storm of good drow at tables. <laughs> I when, well, Matt, I
2: was during GM
1: tips, during one of Matt Mercer's GM tips, he's like, you know, if you want to try and take an evil character and, you know, do something with him, that's great. Talk to your GM, but just be real careful about it. I mean, there was in the 90s, there was, you know, we had this drow and he was a ranger and he had a panther and shit got out of control. <laughs> yeah,
0: I had a table not happen. Because there was a girl at the table who was like, "Why can't I have a panther? Drist has a panther. Panther. I want a panther. I need to have a panther. You, you, you can't start play with a panther. We're starting at first level. Oh my! Uh, but but I want a panther. You're a bad GM because you won't give me a panther.
3: Couldn't she just be a druid? She just, just sounds druid? like a spoiled player.
0: Jeez. Yes, like, druids get panthers at first level. This was not when
1: you could do that. Oh, uh, yeah. This is before then. Oh my gosh! Really?
2: Yeah. Well, I would have. I would have just. Yeah. You're probably better off not having run that table with that. I wouldn't run yeah. that table. But yeah. Sorry. I d- hate to sidetrack. No, I'm just no, like. I, we so all need talking. to talk about this collectively, and it needs to be agreed upon that like it's time to move on past 1970. So, so you and, just want to move down
1: there into the underdark and just nuke all of them and, and destroy them? And, yes. And, you know. Yeah.
2: That's it.
3: I like the drow, and I like the drow for totally different, like, like, I get what you're saying. I get you're talking about, you know,
2: it was, this was brought up to me by a a black friend of mine. who was just like, can I tell you something, Mike, about drow? And I was like, oh, 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 yes, you can tell me all you want about drow. And uh, yeah, yeah. But until somebody had brought it up to my face and I was like, it didn't occur to me.
3: No, like, I get it. I get where you're coming from, <laughs> and yes, I can agree. I think that maybe we need to, you know, have other races that are black and not evil and living underground. Oh,
2: well, they but, just need more representation, just period. But yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, right. but for me, as a female, I love the draw because oh, the driven society and that's not really anywhere else in favor. It's
0: it's not negative that they promote that the only female-driven society is Catech evil
2: and worship spiders and
3: <laughs> I don't I it's the only society that is that's, run by females. I feel like
2: we can do better though. Right?
3: I feel like we can do better, but I think that that I think that it's I like the Drow. I do. I like the I, not just that they're matriarchs, but I like that, you know, they have a different viewpoint on things. Do I think they need to be black and predominantly female, you know, society? Can we do better? Yes, we can. But I don't think we just need to annihilate the
2: drow. I'd like, I mean, I'm not saying annihilate. Wouldn't Why don't be the way we to just go. make them purple? Give them the squats treatment that Warmer 40K gave squats and just let them fall into obscurity. That's what I'm saying.
3: All right. Well, we gotta we gotta come Put up with something some other, better in other its place. Things. Yeah.
2: <laughs> all my campaign settings, I I go out of my way to make sure that like it's it's at least fifty fifty, if not more, ladies in play, and mine have uh ladies in armor that is practical on the covers.
3: I think well, the name that of this is episode awesome, that's a serious issue.
0: Yeah, I think the name of this episode is going to be called Drower
2: Problematic. <laughs> it's true. No, I, I it like that.
3: To, I think it needs to be. We can do better than Drow. I think that <laughs> oh, Yeah, I'm
2: yeah,
1: about that. That's To weird. Drow or not to freaking Drow. <laughs> Subtitle. Oh,
0: well, I I think that I think we covered pre-written versus homebrew quite well. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Cuz well, somehow that s- led to a discussion about the um the problematic um eth- ethical um implications of Drow. Um but let's talk about um what we want in RPGs. What do we want to run and play? What do we want to see more of in the future? Mike?
2: Uh, good segue. I love running evil stuff
0: and making evil stuff. So
3: whether i that yes. too. Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: Michael yeah. is like, I'm the only two goody two shoes here. I've ah. actually thought about wanting to, to play in an evil game before, but it's not high on my list.
3: It is harder for me to play a good character than it is for me to play either a neutral or an evil character. Like See, it's I can't, super hard.
1: I can't play a goody-two-shoes. I'm usually the, you know, I'm not wouldn't say anti-hero, but I'm usually the you fairly You play the cowboy. Person. Yeah. Don't don't even bring him up, Je- Brian, don't even bring him <laughs> up. <laughs> I boo- do He's going to attack my first Pathfinder character I ever made, who is very near and dear to my heart. I,
0: I wasn't. It's just every character you've ever made has been a cowboy in some manner. Not my alcoholic dwarf priest. Yeah, let's get into how that's not a
2: cowboy. <laughs> oh, he no, boy, has movie. a hammer
1: and he drinks. Played, he was in played, Machete.
2: He was played by uh, Chong. No, Cheech. He's played (laughs) by Cheech. You
0: played a a cowboy, a cowboy gunslinger. You played a cowboy alcoholic dwarf priest, and you played a cowboy somehow samurai. (laughs) Cowboy samurai. She's not a
2: cowboy. She's an out fuck off. (laughs) She's. (laughs) So I like to run evil, but I generally, when I play, I oscillate between I'm either my predilection, which is to be chaotic, or I try very hard to be lawful. But, like, good and evil, I don't know. It doesn't really even hit me when I'm in the I, spectrum.
3: I can't do lawful at all, and I, and I have a very hard time doing good. Oh, I, here's,
2: here's what I've done. Here's what I figured out. Because, like, at this party that keeps killing off my fucking characters, I have one that has not been killed that is a lawful guy. I just play in Murtaugh from Lethal Weapon, except he's the <laughs> captain of the City Watch. Like, so serious. His name's Sergeant Murtaugh. Sergeant Riggis Murtaugh. But yeah, yeah. And I'm always complaining like, oh, God, do we have to go do this? I'm like two months from retirement. And like, yeah, it's great. The play, the, <laughs> that
3: is great.
2: <laughs> I go on tirades when they do stuff and I'm like, do it by regulation. Like yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's beautiful. <laughs> so like figure out a really entertaining role for yourself as lawful and then just embrace it. And it's way easier because, yeah, you want to be chaotic and just do whatever because you have the world, you can do whatever. And life, you have to be lawful, and it sucks ass. So, like, why would you sit down and want to do that because you're playing Captain Murtaugh as well.
3: <laughs> I like it. That's a that's a that's a good way to look at it. I mean, I'm gonna have to look at it. My goal is to create uh, new characters. Any characters I play are usually like highly intelligent and in, um just kind of the planners of the situation they like we got a plan for every situation then that can come up so I really got to get more into the you know creating other characters it's it's funny I have a saying when I play that my that I guess I say so often that my best friend actually stitched because she does like Crochet stuff. It's not crochet needlepoint needlepoint like created like a needlepoint of our d d group with the phrase. And it was it's only evil until you're right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I like that.
3: So like I've just got to I've got to get out of the evil mindset. I've got to try to, you know, isn't do something that, different.
0: Isn't that Trump's campaign slogan?
3: It might be. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i i think i'm i'm gonna take your suggestion mike i'm gonna find a a character that i really want to play at in a game and figure out how to do it i think that's a good way to do it it's worked
0: for me um what about you michael what do you want to play or run what what outside the box ideas would that you haven't seen or haven't done
1: for me it's me it's playing an evil campaign honestly for me i haven't i have i haven't really played one for me you know running right now though like for me what i want to do is uh run with my Taldori campaign guide which i actually put a small group together that wants to run through it really uh run through a few games uh with an idea i had so i'm really excited about that and i'm gonna actually get to try and go through xandria so what's what's Taldori? Tal Taldori? don't know well, Taldoré Taldoré is the continent cre- invented in Matt Mercer's homebrew, which turned into Critical Role. And it's the entire continent from the capital city of Amman all the way to the town of Whitestone at the Northern Peaks. He has – he's created this entire continent, very deep, very lush, amazing history to it. Uh, and over the years as it got more popular and the show got more popular, he put in uh, – he was uh, asked by the company Green Ronin – to make a campaign setting using his continent so other people could visit Taldore. And it came out almost uh, two years ago, a year ago, I think. And it's very popular. I've been reading through the campaign setting and, and I've got a small group getting ready to set up to run a few games through it. And I'm really excited for doing that because I have all these ideas for it and what I want to do. And I already know what their big bad's going to be. And it's going to be hilarious at that lad whenever they start their big boss fight.
0: I've been read. I just finished reading, um, the Vlad Talto series by Steven Bruce. And I want to run a campaign in his world. If you're not familiar, um, the main character, um, for the majority of the story, for about half of the series, um, is a crime boss who is also an assassin, um, in a city. He's a human in a city of elves. That sounds cool. Okay. And I just love the idea of the whole criminal organization being in, like having the players be in charge, starting from level one and, you know, running things like, like sending people out on collection or doing collection yourselves, dealing with turf wars. It just sounds like a blast. Um, there's a real complicated political structure in the world where, um, um, There's all these different noble houses and all of them have different personalities traits based on their noble houses and traditions. And there's lots of cool things you can do campaign style. That just sounds like a lot of fun. I also like the cultural things where the main character is a human who was raised among elves. So the author adds things in like, um, when you go to someone's house and you have to get their attention at the front door, you clap where humans knock. And since he grew up among elves, he claps at doors, and when he interacts with humans, he thinks it's so strange when they slam their fist on the door to get your attention.
1: That's funny. I like
0: that. Yeah, so I, I thought that would be cool. I mean, I'm probably not going to end up running that because I'm obsessed with Starfinder right now, and I'll probably end up running that though. Because I've, I've
1: kind of wanted to try Starfinder, but at the same time, I'm not like super gung ho for it.
0: It's so much fun, Michael. Oh my god, it's so much fun. It's so much fucking fun. I can't even describe how fun it is. Oh my god, it's so much fucking fun.
2: I got a um a thing that needs converted. Starfinder. <laughs> <laughs> I've been yeah, I, I got a bunch of stuff in the pipeline for Starfinder, but then um I decided to do the evil book and that fucked up everything uh, schedule-wise. But um I, if I you want to convert something, I have a space prison that needs converted. Uh, ooh, mm-hmm. nice. that.
0: i i love the idea of um your evil campaign because it's an evil campaign where the party is the minority and the kingdom is good so you're
2: evil but the good kingdom won so you're justified in your evil is the point so and that, that was the big crux of it because like when you're playing an evil game there are a couple things that break it up and one of the big ones is everyone's really evil they have no reason to like really ally themselves to one another and because they're evil they want to backstab each other so like there's advice in the book about how to avoid that but the bigger picture is all the world is powered by this technology that gives off radiation that uh, if you're a uh, good of heart it elongates your lifespan so like the good people are just outliving the evil people and you're like the last wave of evil to try to fix the balance yeah
1: well that's fun
2: yeah, yeah, it took me a long time to work out how that made sense plot-wise, but uh, eventually I did. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah There's a while I was panicking. I was like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. It's
0: on my list of things I want to run. It it looks like a lot of fun.
2: Uh, it, and it, it comes with two adventures. Uh, the one you can download for free now, it's called Killing the Golden Twins, uh, where you set the tone of how evil your game is very quickly. And then... <laughs> uh, yeah. The other one is... Uh, the river, st- searching the river sticks. So like if you get TPK, which is quite pop- possible, um, you can have the party go through an adventure to come back to life and they can go through it multiple times because it's, it's all scalable from third to 16th level. But it gets harder the more times you have to fight your way out of the underworld.
1: Oh, I like that.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, right, it well. happened a while back, but I do want to bring it up on the show just to let people know. Erica's gone. She had to leave. She had baby stuff. She didn't describe it any further than baby stuff. So I'm just going to imagine that right in the middle of the podcast, she had one. I like <laughs> to imagine the baby came huge. Oh, the baby just got enlarged. Like now it's terrorizing the countryside. Yeah. It's yeah. funny <laughs> that you should say that because Erica's other daughter, Amelia, filmed her sister um, stomping around on a little city that she built and called her Babyzilla. Zilla. <laughs> Uh, Ah, I love it. I like it. So she's encouraged to do that kind of behavior already.
2: There we go. That's good.
0: (laughs) Um, So it is time to wrap up. And uh, right around this time, as you know, we describe a movie badly. We didn't discuss what we were going to describe, but I discovered a 1970s, very short run TV series this morning that I'd never heard of before. And I want to take a crack at describing Quark badly. Have any of you ever heard of Quark the name somewhere,
2: but I don't. Sounds think I familiar. Yeah, like my dad might have mentioned it. So, um,
0: you have a you have a ship run by Captain Adam Quark and his misfit crew, who are they run a garbage scow, and they're cleaning up the the universe. Okay. And they their captain is a Kirk <laughs> parody for sure, <laughs> and they are joined by ficus who is an emotionalist plant he just he's just played by a person with no makeup or anything he's just a plant um <laughs> you have um gene slash gene who is a um a i i don't know how to the name is offensive but it's a character that switches back and forth between genders gender fluid well You you would say that now, but made in the seventies, it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, it's basically a, yeah, it's, it's really weird. Whenever it switches, the voice changes to a female actress. Oh yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Um, they have Andy the Android and well, anyway, um, they they also have two characters I can't remember the names. This is where it gets into describing badly, where they're clo- one of them's a clone of the other, and it's played by twin actresses, and they're hot. Hey, <laughs> and the captain's in love with Betty of the clones, but he can't remember which one is Betty. Of course, <laughs> um, it's typical. Well, they did they parodied several. Um, several star trek episodes and they also parodied star wars and they and it was like it only ran for like six or seven episodes but it was fun to watch i I recommend you can watch all the episodes on youtube um one of the things that i found out was i was watching the episode where they got sucked into a black hole and an evil version of their ship came out and it was a mirror mirror parody and when they were about to get sucked into the black hole they said something really familiar it looks like the ship is going to get sucked in um be pushed upon by compression and then explode and then the captain says i don't want to explode sound familiar michael yes it's where it's where serenity got the line no No way way. yeah but
1: i don't oh my god that's where they got the line yep (laughs) but i don't want to explode yeah i was i was like holy crap yeah oh it's beautiful
0: yeah, it's it's very, very 70s. It's very, very offensive in a lot of
1: ways. It's still fun to watch. Yeah, I'm going to find this. This sounds good. It's called Quark? Quark. It's just Q-U-A-R-K. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to find this. Um.
0: Anybody into anything nerdy lately they want to promote? Uh, uh, watching Puffin Forest. This is before your official promotion. This is just stuff you're into. Yeah, that that's what I was going to say.
2: It's, it's, it's just stuff. Uh, did you know there's a Ninja Scroll TV series? No. Yeah, it's dope. I think so. I, I be thinking something else. A, did you know that
0: there's a live-action Full Metal Alchemist on Netflix? Yeah, um, I'm, I have it on my queue. I'm going to watch that. Yeah, that's no. I was going to watch it with family, but it's Japanese, and I'm the only one who
1: can deal with that. Oh, I, that's how I am at my house, so I'm going to watch it one night whenever I have a chance by myself. But I'm
2: so excited about
0: it. The beginning I saw was like shot for
1: shot, the beginning of the first episode. Yeah, so I'm excited about that.
2: I'll oh, check it oh, out. I I never got into Full Metal Alchemist, but you I guess should. I have to. You should. It's it's a yeah. Oh, it's a- yeah it watch Brotherhood
0: first. first. Don't don't try to watch the other just one. Just watch yeah. Oh. Just watch
1: Brotherhood because it, so it, it, it's the
0: more. I
2: have an update on the VR situation. So my um uh father in law frequently spoils the shit on my wife, and when she was like, oh I want to get like a eight hundred dollar computer and pay for half of it and then it'll be able to do VR. He went and bought her a two thousand dollar computer it's like top of the line and she just ordered the Oculus Rift and it gets here tomorrow. Oh yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's going to be fun. I think I might make the hypernet from Hypercore 2099 and then there's got to be a way to take stuff from Google Tilt Brush which basically just makes like a big giant 3D cube that you can do really amazing things with. Um nice. there has to be a way to take that and like look through it in a monitor, right? Like there has to be some kind of app or something. There's there's got
0: to be a way. Yeah. Yeah, So. Yeah, like you create a rotating model or something. I'm sure there's a way to do that. Um, I want to promote something I discovered at the con. Unfortunately, the Kickstarter for it is going to be over by the time we go live, so I'll be putting stuff on the Facebook page. You would have already seen it at this point. I discovered this game called Eternal Kings that's in Kickstarter right now. It's got three days left as of Saturday the 24th. Um, It's a chess card game where you use a chessboard mat, and each of your pieces are, are a card. Um, you have pawns, rook, king, queen, bishop, etc., knight. Um, but you use your card collection to replace them with specific versions of that piece. So depending on the version, um, they can do different things. So it's basically chess plus magic.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited about this one whenever you showed it on the stream.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't mean magic the card game. I mean magic as in the pieces can do spells.
2: Yeah, no, this looks pretty dope. Yeah, yeah, it, it looks pretty
0: cool. I'm I'm contributing to them already, and I got really excited about them when I saw them. I told them I would talk about them today. Unfortunately, it's after their the Kickstarter their concludes. Kickstarter is going to be over already. Um, but I will post it on the Facebook page today and do a little promotion for them. Um, so I'm excited about that. What about you,
1: Michael? For me, um, honestly, I'm really just throwing myself into trying to get my my. Uh, because This is the first time I'm GMing a game, so I'm trying to get things done way ahead of adv- in advance.
2: Uh, I wouldn't worry too much about being way ahead of advance man. Just be in a good mood when you're going and, and there's such a thing as over prep just that's true If you
0: want to prep well, I, I'm doing it prep, I'm starting, I'm, for I'm your doing prep. skills
1: I, I'm doing a lot of uh, like of uh, my prep ahead of time but I'm not like like dedicating every free moment to it. It's just I would it's I, it's kind of a way ahead prep because of my time schedule.
2: Michael, Michael, time. Michael, what's going to happen to you is years from now, you're going to look back on this moment and you're going to be like, Mike warned me that this is how you end up making 400 page campaign settings. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: and and then, he's sitting back in his cushy chair, smoking a cigar going, you know, I wouldn't have had that success if I would have followed that warning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I still find Mike Myler years later and give him a hug and then punch him in the face. <laughs>
2: You're like, I love hate you bro. cackling mad myths <laughs> I love hate you bro no but that, that's
1: that's really what I'm doing for for my stuff
2: honestly. Um,
0: we um, so Mike, promote your stuff and how do people find you contact you blah blah blah
2: oh okay all right uh, I'm on Twitter at Mike Myler 2 and I'm on the Facebook and uh, my website is mikemyler.com uh, and you can find lots of stuff there the warmer 40k D and D5 heat hack which is enormously popular apparently. A friend of mine who works at Microsoft said that he was talking to his buddy about D&D 5e and like apparently he's been playing it. So it's like what? I got two Microsoft employees playing War. like what? Um. <clears throat> so yeah but I also sell stuff like um what when, when, is this, when is this one going live? Do you know what week this is going live? Um, It is going live on Wednesday, Wednesday the the 28th 28th. Oh okay. Damn. Of, of this month? February? Yes. Oh, shit. Okay. Then in like a week or two, the Book of exalted Darkness comes out, which is the thing that I gave you all those screenshots from. So the madness thing, I want to touch on that real quick. So all throughout the book, there's gorgeous artwork by Andy Martin who did this like crazy deco-punk style that is just draped in gold and feels really holy. And then the other parts of the book are extremely dark and evil and have a variety of artworks. Uh, my favorite of which being these two diagrams by a mental patient because this dude wrote a medical journal about this guy who was completely insane and deranged. And he made all these like, I don't, I don't know what to call them. The charts is what I'm going to call them, I guess um, that are really fascinating and, and like genuine insanity. And that's like paired right by the insanity. And um, one of the reasons I use a lot of public domain is because it lets you, bridge the suspension disbelief and allows for greater immersion so like when you're talking about madness and stuff in the rules you can look and see like there's actual fucking madness right there <sighs> but yeah that's an awesome book it's for 5e it comes out uh in march and then i have a kickstarter on the 19th for miss and it's got two hardcovers. one is an adventure path which is like six separate adventures that take you from third to tenth level and the other one is a mega adventure which is one continuous adventure called Imperial Matchmaker uh, about these 10 weddings and uh, a historical problem of conflict between these clans and the Emperor's like, well, I'm just going to marry 10 of you off, awesome. 20 of you off. Yeah, yeah. It's I've been playtesting it for a while, actually, because it started from uh, the first Kickstarter because this guy gave a silly amount of money. So I've been running this huge campaign for him and then I was like, well, I have like 20,000 words written for this campaign. Like, I should just make it into a like sold product campaign that other people can play. And uh, it's cool. Uh, I'm talking with the Rule 20 people, so it might be available as a module on Rule 20 because um, all the other Miss adventures are. And uh, yeah, it's all going to be focused around these eight characters that we're calling Miss of Akuma Iconics. And uh, they range from like a Tsukumogami theater mask. So Sukumogami are from Japanese lore. After 100 years, a, a item might throw arms and stuff and become a little monster. Um, and it can possess people. That's one character. Then there's like a a hobgoblin in super steam armor. It's another character you can play as, uh, all told there are eight of them. Oh yeah. The tanuki detective with the magic dice. But yeah. Uh, and then if you don't want to play as them, there's rules in the, this like little soft cover book for the PCs making their own unique things to add to their characters. And then you use those as rivals because they'll be built from fourth through 10th level. (sighs) Woo, boy.
1: Damn. That was awesome.
2: Yeah, (laughs) no, it's, it's pretty dope. And, um, all the adventures have gotten really good reviews so far. Everybody's loved them, and they were a joy to write. So, yeah.
0: I have a quick podcast promotion to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we are in talks to do a live show at the um, Iron Horse. At the Iron Horse Steampunk Carnival in Paris, California on March 17th and 18th. We're probably going to be doing our show on the 18th. But we are going to be there all weekend covering stuff and streaming and having a blast at a steampunk convention. Oh, that is fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually planning on camping out with the vendors overnight. And so I'm going to have some cool stories from that. So um, also um, Daniel Cross of Six P- Bit Pistols is doing a solo performance at that show. So um, he, if you don't know Daniel Cross, he does our music. And he is awesome. And um, if you are in that area, or even if you want to buy a plane ticket and fly on out, check it out. It's a, it's a fun little small con.
2: I should, uh, I can send you a print voucher for uh Akuma if you want to take one. Although, oh for shit, sure? no, I have, to, I have to colorize it first. Uh, ignore me. i got to fix the file because the printer yeah. changed some setting.
0: We're always looking for things we can give away as swag at live shows.
2: Yeah, I'll look around. I can find something probably.
0: Cool. That's awesome. Michael,
1: take the show. Well, today we talked about RPGs and apparently how drows just need to be dead and gone. Into obscurity. You know, just make them completely gone and disappear. Obscurity. No more Fun. Black Panthers. No more Underdark. We'll be, <laughs> that. We'll be gone. we got to get rid of the Underdark.
2: This is underdark is huge and the drow are a small part of it. We'll just fill it in with dirt. It's fine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but no, gee, I, I talked a lot of uh, talked a lot about good RPGs. Uh, a lot of good files that I'll have to look up later on. But uh, I had a lot of I had a good time talking with this. Uh, unfortunately, the cursus Murph had to go. Apparently, baby terrorizing city stuff. Uh, I want to say thank you to Mike, the Widget Master Miler, for coming back on the show. I like having you on the show. I love having you on the show. I'm not going to be modest about that one. You're a wonderful guest that we have on, and I, I want you to come back very very soon.
2: And what? Yeah, maybe maybe I can come on uh sometime after you guys are done with the Iron Horse stuff.
0: Yeah, and we'll do our we'll finally do our VR episode.
2: Oh yes, yes, oh, that was
0: awesome! I love it. After we've had some time to play with it.
2: Yeah, she's going act she's going down to visit her folks for a week actually on Monday. So, hello VR freedom! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm free. Yeah.
1: So, so, so yeah. This has been Nerd Podcast Radio. I've been your host, Special Mikey, along with me was Super Vegan Brian. Goodbye, Nurse. We did have the Cursey Smurf Erica. And Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> you gotta make it really squeaky. I can't. <laughs> and Mike, the Widget Master Myler.
2: Goodbye, Nurse. <laughs> you
1: gotta like throw it.
2: yourself in. You I in.
1: liked it. So but yeah, like I said, this has been Nerd Podcast Radio. And as always, stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay off. Awesome. Stay off. Awesome. Alright, say goodbye Mike, bright
3: come (laughs)
1: on.